Hi, my name is Jessica Cook and welcome to my podcast. My mission is to empower women over 40 to transform their lives through fitness. I've made this podcast so I can share with you my tips, tools and strategies I use in myself and my clients to get you feeling fit and healthy, feeling great in your clothes, with so much energy and positivity back in your life, no matter what your age. Head over to jessicacook.ie and you'll find lots of free stuff to get you started on your journey. Welcome my to my very special guest, physiotherapist Anne Flannery, onto my podcast this evening, and you're so welcome. Thank you very much for having me, and I'm delighted to be here, and uh, we'll have a nice little chat. So this evening, it's going to be a little bit of a Q and A. Um, some of um the members have sent forward a few questions, um, and also we're going to be asking questions throughout. But I want to ask you a couple of questions before we get stuck in. So, what got you into physiotherapy, if you don't mind me asking? Oh wow, um, I'm going. That's going back a long, long time now. <laughs> um. How I actually started in physio was I wanted to work with people who had strokes and amputees and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so when I started looking into it um, and one of my placements was actually in the National uh, Rehabilitation Centre, I actually hated that side of physio <laughs> after going, after picking it and choosing it the whole lot of it. But, um, so then I, I got in much more into the musculoskeletal, which is all the joints and aches and pains and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I also like the, the resp side of it, which would be the, um, I suppose, work in the hospital and the COPDs and the in, intensive care kind of stuff. So we do a little bit of that at the weekends as well. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it just, I've always been sporty. I've always liked doing a bit of activities and that kind of stuff. So it kind of was natural kind of thing to go into it, I suppose. That's brilliant. And are there things as a physiotherapist that you wish everybody knew that um, like, you know, those things that just only, you know, because you're a physio and you, you see them around day to day and you wish people weren't doing or you wish they were doing more of any like really basic things that you see all the time in your everyday life? Well, um, so one of my pet things is shoes, actually uh because certainly even for the secondary school kids and you see the shoes that they're wearing and you're like oh they're really bad oh really don't wear those um so to, good support of shoes because i mean that's your foundation that's from your, everything else is going to depend on how good the shoes are you know what position your feet are in and what position your knees and your back and the whole lot so that's that'll be one of my big pet things um and i suppose that's something that i do really think is that exercise and sport is for everybody you know, and there's different grades and certainly some people can do less and some people can do more, but it's for everybody, you know, and I really feel that, you know, every every person should be doing something or is able to do something, you know, and just, it's just a matter of finding something that you like to. And uh, be a lot of misinformation actually out about that because I've met many of people that have been put off um, exercising because of injury, but isn't isn't the best way to work around an injury then not at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've had someone there very, very recently who, who hurt his back and uh, he'd taken to the bed. And like years ago, um, that might have been something that you would do. Whereas now, like that is just unheard of. Now it's all about getting back moving and getting, you know, moving the back and strengthening yourself up and getting back to, to your, your daily 
daily life and not limiting what you can do. There's very, very rare occasions where you long term will be limited in what you can do. Like, you know? Yeah. Mm. As a woman over 40, all the women over 40 that are listening to you right now, and they might be walking in the park right now and they're thinking, oh, I'd love Jessica to ask Anne, what are your top favorite tips? to taking care of your body from a physio's point of view as a woman over 40? Um, well, first of all, I would say the first thing is women tend to feel that they need to give to everybody. So my first thing is, and as you always say, it, take time for yourself. That definitely that's number one. Take time and take the time to think of what you want to be doing for yourself, even if it's only... 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes in the evening take that space for yourself because you'll be you'll feel much calmer in yourself and much better able to cope with all that's going on around you that'll be the first thing and then you know i suppose we do need to be doing a bit of physical activity from the point of view of keeping our muscles strong as we're getting older uh we certainly um as we get older there's a thing called sarcopenia which is where we lose that muscle mass and we lose the bulk and we some can lose our function functionality so we need to be keeping ourselves as strong as we possibly can and we know that the um, what you call it the world health organization do recommend that we do strength training along with the aerobics so uh, the aerobic style exercise so they'd be the two things just take time for yourself you are worth it and you will feel a whole lot better for it and your output is an awful lot better you know if you take that time to look after yourself and then you can create more opportunities and keep yourself busy and keep yourself well able to go as long as you keep yourself strong mentally and physically oh my god i just love what you've said so much there like your outlook changing from the activities that you're doing that are healthy which means because of your outlook more opportunities open yeah. up and yeah, you don't absolutely. even know what they might be right now i love that yeah 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 and for me i i i'm just one of these people i love to go out in nature i just love just to listen to the birds and listen to the calm. And, you know, that's just, that's one of my things. I just like that silence sometimes just, and it does give you time to reflect that as well. I love you know, that so, so much. Yeah. And the other side, what, what, what do you think we should all do less of? What are your tips we should do less of in, in your point of view? Uh, what should we do less of? Um, Buy less bad shoes is, has to be your number one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or tight shoes. <laughs> tight <laughs> shoes, definitely. Um, I, I suppose as a physio, what I would say is we should sit less. Now, we do know that that is going to be the next, they call it the next epidemic that we do as a, as a, cult, as a uh, culture. Really? Uh, we, do, we sit way too much. Yeah, yeah, that is our biggest problem. And if you think of what our grandparents would have done and the generations before that, they were always active, they were always going Whereas our generation, we're so like office based and computer based. The kids are on their phones. The kids are on their computers. So, you know, we whereas, whereas before older people were physically active and they were going all the time, um, we have to make time to exercise because in our daily lives, we sit so much. So that would be the one thing I'd say. Don't sit as much. Yeah, I love that. What do you think of those standing desks? Anything? oh yeah they're excellent yeah 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 we, we would recommend them for a lot of people purely because it's another like you can sit or you can stand and you have you know it just varies that posture again like like 
and there's a thing that you're supposed to sit for no more than 20 minutes at a time. Wow. And I said that a lot of my people, yeah, you know, every 20 minutes, half an hour, get up, walk around. Like you sit into a car and you drive straight to Dublin, you won't think about it. But actually, you should get out, especially if you have back pain or anything like that. You should get out, do a few stretches, get back in the car, off you go again, you know. Yeah. Does so, walking uh, keep you flexible? Does walking keep you flexible? So um, it keeps you strong. It keeps you aerobically fit, I suppose. Um, flexible. I would usually walkers tend to have very tight calf muscles because they don't they think, OK, I have my walking done. That's great. And they don't ever stretch. That's what I'd say <laughs> about walkers, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's that's that is what I'd say about them. Um, but it's an excellent yeah. exercise as a, as an all rounder exercise. It's excellent, and swimming is excellent as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And if you want to be really flexible, or if you want to keep your flexibility going into like fifties, sixties, seventies, it does stretching become the most important thing, or can you? Can you avoid stretching a little or is it just the number one thing is stretching? Because I know everybody really hates to stretch. Most people I know really don't like stretching. They don't stretch, no, and they, they avoid it as pos as much as possible. Um, so stretching is important, but also the strength of the muscle is really important. So for as you're talking about getting older and your ability to do things, and your ability to move, you need the strength as much as the flexibility. Um, so we say it's for someone to be able to lunge down and to be able to pick something from the floor, right? It's the power in the legs and the power in the back that you need as much as the flexibility to bend down to do it. What people lose is that there's the strength. So it would be it would be a combination of the two, I would think. Yeah, I'd love people to know that aren't doing strength training how empowering it is. Like it's just so cool, isn't it? Like when we do our sit uh, sit downs and our stand ups. Mm. to be able to do that is the coolest thing in the world yeah and to be able to see the improvements I think that's great as well like I was saying to you there now so I've got as far as doing my 7 kg weights yay I looked at them for about 3 months they were sitting there and I was going yeah someday 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 I took them out now I didn't do it the second day but I know that I can so it's just gradually gradually you know building it up and getting it more confident and doing it that little bit more all the time yeah yeah do you think there's such a thing as <clears throat> it being too late to lift weights oh no no absolutely not it, we you might have to go about it a different way um you might have to adjust for the age group or you know what's going on in the background so that's what we're thinking about would say the osteoporosis and stuff like that so you might go at it a different way but like in, in rehab, in the hospital, if you're in for, and even if you were a stroke patient inside in the hospital, it's it's a lot of strengthening work. It's it's relearning how to do those moves again. So no, absolutely. Every age group, every wow. age group. Yeah. And do you notice um, in just continuing with the strength training theme um, that women, are, they have very common, like weak parts of their body stronger parts of their body like isn't don't they say that men are i could be completely the wrong way around with this but are men stronger in their legs and then women are more stronger in their upper body if they were to be climbers or something like that um, i i don't know about that but if we say from the point of view of men tend to have tendon the actual tendons are bigger than women tendons um and then of course we have menopause fitted into that as well so that the we have the wear of the tendons more so than the men um so in that sense that we would possibly be weaker in that sense that we're more prone to injury of the tendons 
but um, like to, you can work on an awful lot of that. Yeah, from the point of view of strengthening strengthening the muscles and that. And where are women's most common problems? Is it hips, hips and and elbows? Um, so again, age. So if if the menopause and postmenopausal, it's the tendon. So it tends to be the outer side of the hip. We'll say. Uh, we'll get uh, what's called gluteal tendinopathy on the outside there and some women will get into the uh, cat, the back of the heel which is your Achilles tendonitis and of course then on the shoulders someone was asking about that um, wearing up the tendons on the shoulders as well yeah yeah okay and of course back pain a lot of, a lot of women uh, like everyone everyone gets back pain but um, I suppose um, because we've had babies and all the rest of it um, we'd have weaker abdominals sometimes. So the weaker abdominals, because we don't work on them, because we're lazy and we're lazy from the point of view of strengthening the muscles, but also because we're totally preoccupied with mind the child, we <laughs> yeah. don't tend to do the exercises for the abdominals. Yeah. And um, then down the road, that can cause problems as well. Yeah, I have so many lovely members that sent in questions that I better get uh, stuck into just a few. But I just want to ask you really quickly, soft beds, are they rubbish? I feel that they are. I always feel like I wake up in pain after a hotel room with a shitty, crappy, soft bed. Is that yeah. true or is it just in my head? No, um, I love support in the bed. So uh, we we would say semi-orthopedic. Um, so that, that was a term that, that would say I was education was semi-orthopedic so nobody sorry let me start again everybody has curves okay and particularly women have curves so the bed has to accommodate the curves so if the bed is too hard it's not going to accommodate your curve you're going to wake up so if the bed is too soft there's too much of a give so you're not getting your support so it's that balance in between the two yeah that's where the semi-orthopedic comes in now, as far as I can see, the last time I went checking, um, all the beds now are, are all the mattresses now are um memory foam. Is that so a good thing? I I on the fence on that one. Um, I think it's going to be the make of the bed, the make of the mattress, because you do need a firmness in the mattress, but then you you do need that little bit of a give. Maybe just lie in the bed and see how it feels for you. Yeah. You know, I, I had to sleep on it with you know with the kids as well being so young I had to sleep on the floor well, woe was me but on the floor of a, a hotel room one time the bed was that soft it's just horrible aren't they you just feel like yeah. you're sinking into nothingness yeah 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 you need your body needs that support it needs because you know as I said you have you you have curves everyone has curves so yeah. they need to be supported yeah yeah okay well I better get cracking on with the questions so this is from Maureen Oh, who is here this evening? Good evening, Maureen. Um, Maureen has sciatica. Is there any exercise she could do? She's missing the exercise and she wants to do something if possible. Good evening, Maureen. If you want to unmute yourself there, by the way, you are very, very welcome to do that. Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Thanks for asking my question. Hi, Maureen. Uh, okay, so from the point of view of sciatica, uh, so what sciatica is, in case people don't know, we have a nerve that runs down the back of the leg and it's called your sciatic nerve and it's the one of the biggest nerves in the body and a sciatic nerve then is, uh, sciatica is inflammation on that nerve, okay, and it can be caused by different things, it can be caused by disc, it can be caused by joint, um, it can be caused by shortness of the muscle, but it's anything that gives sensation down that leg really, um from the nerve is called as kind of sciatica um so it depends really from the, an exercise point of view it depends really on how much tension and how much bother that leg is causing for you 
Um, as I said earlier on, like the back likes to be moved. So one of the things I would definitely do is I'd walk. Um, if the leg isn't too tight and you have a nice stride, you can walk at your normal pace. But for some people, when the sciatica is bad enough, they have to take much shorter steps. So you might have to slow down your walking. So then I'd be talking to people and saying not to walk the dog and not to walk with someone else. Walk at a, a much lower pace, slower pace, and maybe only go for five minutes out, five minutes back. See how that feels. And then, you know, you could go again in the afternoon or go again in the evening time. Um, and as well, then, depending on the cause of sciatica, I'd be very careful about what you're sitting in. So I wouldn't be in the couch because that's going to be way too low. You're not going to get any support. It's back to like the mattress we were saying there. There's no support in that. So you want to be sitting in the kitchen chair and you don't want to be sitting with the legs crossed and your feet should be flat on the floor and with a cushion maybe at your back just to support the back. Um, and again, heat, get your hot, get out your hot water bottle is lovely for, for the back for, for any type of sciatica like that. Um, then in relation to the exercises, um, the cat camel, which we do sometimes in class, and the uh, child's pose are two lovely exercises. They're nice and gentle and just get that little bit of movement going or um, a spinal twist as well, where you rotate the legs to the right, we say and the shoulders to the left, kind of just in, in when you're lying on your back. Can Maureen uh, work out? And if she can work out, what should she avoid? So well, given the ones that we do in class, um, I would say some of the, uh, you know, when we're lying back and we say the sit-ups, maybe those abdominal ones, um, and maybe another you know, one where you're lifting the legs up and you're, uh, what do you call that? Flutter kicks? Yeah, flutter kicks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those kind of things can be very hard on the back. So okay. maybe during that time, then the bridging would be a very nice one to do. It should be a good one to do. Um, and But when you're doing the bridging, think of lifting up one vertebrae by vertebrae, right? Mm. And the other one thing I would say as well is we, you do a nice stretch at the end uh, for the hamstrings. Yeah. With that one where you hold yeah. your feet. So if you have sciatica, that wouldn't be one to do for that. You're better off to do that hamstring stretch and standing. Do you know what? Wow. Yeah. Your tips, oh, I just love them. And they always stick with me. I remember you saying about the sticking the neck, like, the, you know, your neck in. Yes. You know, that's just such an, it's just such a quick win. You know, it's just such yeah. a great. Easy, easy things. Yeah, yeah, I never knew that about the hamstring stretch. So interesting. Yeah. I'll make sure I yeah. tell everybody that. So when, yeah, when you see when you think when you think about that now, you're standing up and you're putting your foot up onto the step and you're leaning forward, but your back is straight. Yeah. So you only have the tension coming from the leg up the way rather than both directions. So yeah. there's less tension on on the whole nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the step. When you're you're standing, so you have one leg on the step. I'll put up I'll put up a video for it, but you put one leg on the step and one leg's on the ground and then you're leaning forward. Right. And reaching the two hands straight forward like that. So right. the back is straight and then you're just stretching the hamstring without adding in the nerve stretch part. Yes, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. yeah. Maureen, did that answer your question? It did, absolutely, because I have seen a physio twice. So everything you've said to me there and is exactly what the physio has told me. Um, yeah. And I suppose just going back to your earlier point about sitting, like I can sit for 10, 12 hours a day with my job. Yeah, so I'm out of work at the moment, but I'm going back on Monday. So I'm actually going to work from home until I get a sit-stand sit desk at work because I got one here for home. Um, yeah. So my plan is exactly as you said, try and do 20 minutes standing and 20 minutes sitting and just to move a little bit more. It's just supposed to be conscious of it. You get so caught up in your work sometimes that you 
that I forget to move. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing then is work it into your day. Work that yeah. walk into your day. You know, go for the if your coffee break and go for for a walk that stage and a, a, during lunchtime. Do you know? Even for ten minutes, just it's just something yeah. different. The different movement. That's something I hadn't been doing was walking. I had stopped, but I will try and get back into it now on, on your advice. And I think I will have a shorter stride, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you will have anyway. yeah. 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 That's brilliant, Maureen. Keep us posted. Keep yeah, us thanks posted. very much. Appreciate that. No bother. Brilliant. Uh, Claire, advice on bone sparring for osteoporosis. Sparing sparring would be great or what not to do. That bone sparing, I presume that's in osteoporosis. Yeah. So um, again, so yeah. we, I think we talked about osteoporosis before. So um, the we do want to do weight bearing exercises. Right, Claire. Yeah. Is she there? Is she? Yeah. 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 So we do want to do the weight bearing exercises, and the things to avoid is flexion with rotation. So that would be if I'm standing up and I want to. Uh, I'm in the shop and I want to pick up something from the bottom shelf. So I would bend down and I would rotate to pick it up. So it's that flexion it, from the lumbar spine point of view, it's bending rotation. That's the kind of thing that um, isn't good from an osteoporosis point of view. Wow. But, That's yeah. So interesting. I know a few people in this program that need to know that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the main one that we would. Now, the other thing that. Um, for osteoporosis as well is uh, wrist fractures are very very common so building up the wrist is really important so you can do that with the bands or you can do it you know even get a sponge ball and start working the hands and that kind of thing would press ups uh, help with that at all sorry would press ups help with that wrist yeah yeah absolutely yeah that, i would yeah because that's if you think about it, that's weight bearing weight bearing through the wrist yeah absolutely yeah. perfect yeah claire yeah. does that help Sorry, yeah, it does. Also, though, I was wondering in terms of you know the the exercises Jessica does with us, um, yeah. they particularly like warm ups, you know, touching toes and that kind of thing. I'm guessing that's a no no, because you're bending your back going down, or am I wrong on that? Uh, so you're bending your back and you're bending your knees going down with the warm up with with Jessica. So that would be okay, but I wouldn't do the one then where you're standing and you're going, you know, bringing your right leg over to your left leg. Do you know, or your right arm over to your left leg and down. Do you know the one where you cross yeah. over? So that would, that would be a no-no because that's exactly what I was just saying to you there. It yeah. wouldn't be a great exercise. Oh yeah. yeah, but what you could do, you could do a very gentle marching on the spot. Um, You can do the shoulder rolls. Um, You can do the sidestep. Like they're all going to warm you up. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that'll be just alternative that you could do there. Okay. Brilliant. So good to know. Um, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Um, Sandra wants to know any advice on the knees would be appreciated. Um, yeah, because Sandra got injured actually. Um, um, what to try to speed up a sore coccyx after a fall. Okay. Good evening, Sandra. How are you? Hi, girls. Are the knees after the fall as well? Are they different? Yeah, both, both. But the knee is on the mend. I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty okay. I've, I've gone to physio, but mm. the coccyx. I, I think it's just a slow process. It's a, it's a slow process. Um, you didn't fracture it, or do you know? I don't know, but I know it's not extremely sore. It's just really lying on my back, to be honest, or. 
I can't do sit-ups, but yet if I put my yeah. hands under my bum, I can do those leg flutters, no problem. Yeah, yeah, so it's just a tenderness that's there. Um, so I suppose the, you don't sit on the couch, okay? Anything that's going to allow you to fall into that flexed position, you're putting more pressure onto the coccyx bone itself. So what you really want to be sitting on are your your the bones of your bum, which mm -hmm. are, you know, so that you have to sit up straight yourself now. So you sit up right up straight so that you're taking the pressure away from the coccyx bone and you're, you're, the pressure are the pressures on the bones of your bum, your seat bones instead. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so like that again, now you're watching that you're sitting on a higher chair and you're sitting with a roll at your back so that you're not allowing yourself to slouch down into that position where there's more pressure on the on the coccyx. Now, there used to be a cushion that you could get. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still available or not where you you you're sitting onto a cushion but there's a cutout for the coccyx so that there's no pressure on the actual coccyx itself yeah no i'm actually not sore when i'm sitting it's funny or when okay. i get up Good. it's more it's more when i clench my bum cheeks together okay i tension put tension in my bum or or just the sit-ups are just a killer but apart from that i'm, I'm actually and I'm can okay. you you're okay walking and moving and all of that yeah. Okay. yeah okay i just fell flat on my bum if you know yeah. what I, mean. I just a hard bang down but no i think i think i'm on the mend i think it's just one of those things that's it's just slow. going to be slow there yeah. could be a little bit of soft tissue if you say to me that's just there when you clinch so it could yeah. be just a bit of soft tissue work there as well so the physio will probably do a bit of that which you may just soft tissue stuff yeah. around that area that might help as well perfect thank Great. you Two more quick questions. Yeah. Second last question. Um, spine curving at the top of the back, base of the neck in between shoulders. Any mm. tips to slow down the curvature? Okay, so uh, two things. Um, it could be related to osteoporosis. So I don't know if that, that lady has osteoporosis or not. Uh, so then we're into the osteoporosis uh, thing again. Or it could just be from posture. Uh, women in particular, um, by the nature of the fact that we have boobs at the front and everything that we do is, is around the front. Um, so a lot of the shoulder stuff, definitely posture again, it's going to come back to posture. It's going to come back to what's called retraction. So it's that giving yourself that double chin. Before you lift the weights, before you do anything with the weights, roll the shoulders back so you're squeezing behind. Uh, when we were in school, it was a thing about posture and, you know, can you put a, a bio between your shoulder blades and hold the bio there with your shoulder blades, you know? So it's that idea of bringing the shoulder blades back, making space towards the front of the shoulder, um, allowing, so if, I, if I'm very hunched over, I can't bring my arm fully up, but if I'm fully back sitting up straight, shoulders back, squeeze behind, I have full movement of my shoulders, okay? So it's getting that uh, retraction movement it's getting the space to the front, lifting that breastbone. That's what I always say to people. Lift the breastbone to the front because we, we slouch down. So get out of that slouchy position, lift the breastbone and then start using the muscles into the back. If you imagine uh, drawing an X across your back, right? So from we say your right shoulder towards your left hip and your left shoulder towards your right hip. So that X across the brass strap and you're following the point of your shoulders back into that position so that you're creating space at the front of the chest there. Isn't you know? that such a great tip? I love the one about the arm. That's just so yeah. easy to bring to into your life. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, my la yeah. last question. Um, advice on exercises to improve tendonitis of the shoulders or so, just tips to lessen pain at night time. 
Yeah. So what I just said there about those curving of the shoulder, that's very appropriate for a tendonitis of the shoulder as well. Okay. Because it's the same idea. You're sitting in that bad position, you're closed down position if you're curving the shoulders. So the, the, the tendons here then are getting pinched. They need the space. So the first thing you do is roll those shoulders back. If that lady's having difficulty sleeping at nighttime, what I'd often get people to do is put the pillow in under the elbow, between the elbow and the ribs, so that they're kind of hugging it. Sometimes they might have to hug two pillows, but usually just one pillow will do. So you're keeping that arm from falling forward, that you're not closing in. You know, you, you know we lie on our side and you close everything in. So instead of lying on your side and closing everything in, that you're kind of keeping the arm back there on its side with the pillow in between. And very often in relation to the hips, then it's a similar thing. So I've, some people might know the maternity pillow where that would fit in between the legs. It's that idea of putting the pillow in between the legs and right down to the ankle so that you're stopping that hip falling down and stretching the outside of the hip there as well. Two oh, things to try. Mm. Oh, that's deadly. Does anybody have a quick question before we head off? Okay. Um, I just love having you on so, so much. Um, for all the women listening out there um, to this podcast episode, tell me what you do and how you help women with your practice, your physiotherapy practice. Oh, um, I listen, I think is a lot of what I do. Um, an awful lot of... Um, I treat an awful lot of people in this age group, actually. So it's an awful lot of getting the right exercise for that person. Um, people have great expectations of what they should be able to do. And sometimes it's taking it down a couple of notches and starting with the very simple stuff. And like I do a lot of breaking down of the movement. So, you know, it's a simple lunge and I'm looking at them and looking at them and they're, you know, re you really have to break it down into where that person might be going wrong with that, you know, so, and then build it, building it back up so that they can, they can do it in, in the class and continue on from there, you know. So how um, does it work? Do people book an appointment with you? Um, and, um, or, or do you, do you do online, um, uh, virtual sessions, virtual yeah. sessions or in-person sessions? How does it work? Uh, so it's usually in person. Um, most people come out to the clinic to me or um, I can do virtual. I've done virtual before. Um, so it's really dependent on what, what people what people need. Uh, but the majority of my people do 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 come to me because it's nice to be able to see something directly and explain directly. I mean, I know I use my hands an awful lot when I'm even talking to you here. And it's just easier to, to see and somebody directly in front of you, you know. That makes either, sense. So yeah. for everybody listening, that's like, yeah, I want a bit of Anne. That sounds brilliant. How do they get in touch? Um, and what are the website details and the phone number? Uh, so the website is uh, www and it's up and running. Thank God. Flannery and Great. Yes. And then my number uh, is 086 and um, the easiest, the easiest way is just contact me, give, give me a message and I'll ring you back or contact me through the, the website. Deadly, because people will be listening into this. Could you just say that number one more time? Yeah, so it's 086-811-9912. Terrific. Anne Flannery, thank you so, so much for joining me on my podcast episode this evening. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and you must let me know by getting in touch. Don't forget you can head on over to jessicacook.ie where you'll find lots of free stuff to get you started on your journey.